What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of the C-String Podcast. This is episode number 21, and today we're going to be talking about some more Pittsburgh Penguin stuff. Uh, that's right, this should be episode number 4, I believe, of Penguin Prattle. Um, last time we talked, the Penguins had gone through 12 games, um, and we were looking ahead to another road stretch, and we were at a point where the Penguins kind of needed to win some games, uh, last I remember. They were on a, a seven-game losing streak when we left off. Um, a lot of lot of terrible stats, lots of things that needed to be fixed. So we're going to go over the latest few games, and we're going to see if they fixed them. Uh, first, we have game 13. We've got quite a few games to go over here, so I'm going to go a little quickly. Uh, we have game 13, which was at the Capitals. Uh, this was on November 9th. Um, this was DeSmith versus Kemper. Um, at this point, after the seven-game losing streak, DeSmith would get most of the uh, chances in net. He would kind of switch to the de facto um, number one uh, goaltender, and uh, we'll see how that worked out. Uh, out for this game for the Penguins was Bluger as normal. P.O. Joseph, though, left early in the second period, and Jan Ruta left late in the second period. Um, and there was even one point where I believe—actually, I don't know who it was. Somebody else, some, another defenseman— uh, got knocked down, I think, late in the second or early in the third, and we were down to three defensemen for like three or four minutes there, um, but then they came back. But anyways, uh, the Capitals, loads of people out. It was the talk, it's basically the talk of the Capitals team at this point. They had, uh, at the time of this game, they had around $40 million of cap space uh, of people out. Um, Backstrom's out, Brown's out, Carlson's out, Haglin's out, Malinston's out, Orlov's out, Oshie's out, Wilson's out. There's so many people out right now. Um, so coming off a seven-game losing streak, yes, the Penguins are doing that, but you got to expect them to win this game against a beaten Capitals team, and they would. Um, Pens would score three in the second period. Zucker would get one. McGinn would get a shorthanded goal, and Petri would get one late in the third to make it 3-0. Capitals did not score at all in that period. Um, Johansson would get one back uh, in the third period, but the Capitals ultimately made nothing of it. Gensel scores an empty netter very late on, and the Penguins win 4-1. to Now, uh, wasn't necessarily a dominant performance. Wasn't a performance that made you think maybe the Penguins were back. Uh, especially the first two goals were very sus. Um, Kemper, a little bit of mis- mistiming, bad mistakes, kicking the puck into his own net after the puck was just kind of under him. So, um, a little unfortunate for him, I'm going to be honest. Uh, Penguins had 28 shots on goals, not overwhelming there compared to the Capitals' 25. Face-off percentage 50.9 for the Penguins, 49.1 for the Caps. Ofer on the power play for both teams. Penguins with 13 penalty minutes, Capitals with 11. Um, there was a five-minute fighting penalty for each side. So if you take away those, the Capitals had six penalty minutes and the Penguins had eight. Um, nine giveaways to 16 takeaways for the Penguins. That's a good. Uh, that's a good ratio. Seven to nine for the Capitals. Again, good ratio for them there. And this was just really a case of two teams in kind of a similar spot in the Metro, just kind of duking it out. And there was there had to be a winner. Like this game had to have a winner. There there was no neither team like convincingly grabbed it. The Capitals could have won this game just as easily as the Penguins could have. I'm gonna be honest. So. I guess you got to be thankful as a Penguins fan that it went our way. Uh, after seven straight losses, at least you got a win. At least it was a win. It wasn't super convincing, but at least you got one. And that's all you care about, right? Two days later, uh, another away day against the Toronto Maple Leafs. Um, we'd have Jari in net uh, against Calgren. 
uh, for the Penguins uh, in this game, all, all that was out was Bluger. Uh, for the Leafs, they had Clifford out, Dahlstrom, Matt Murray, and Ilya Samsonov. Both their uh, top two goaltenders out. That's why Colgren started this one. Muzzin uh, was also out, and so was Lowell, uh, the defenseman. So lots of people out for the Leafs. Um, and that would kind of show in this game as well. Um, in the first period, the Leafs would take the lead, courtesy of Zach Aston Reese, former Penguin. Uh, they assist to Malgin and Kampf, and then, uh, just before the period ended, Malkin got one right back, um, courtesy of Chad Ruedel with the assist to tie it up just before it goes into the second. In the second, both teams would once again score, uh, this time the, it would be the Penguins first, courtesy of Zucker on a sweet pass from Malkin, um, and then later in the period, Nylander would score on the power play to make it 2-2. Two to two. Uh, then in the third, Brock McGinn would score early, just under two minutes into the period, courtesy of Dan Heinen. Nice little pass, nice little shot, went straight in, looks pretty good. And once again, Gensel gets the empty netter in this case. Um, to make it 4-2 just at the end, Penguins were able to hold on in this game, and ultimately that's what kept them in it. Um, it was very impressive, and it was the first time I would say that the Penguins were able to convincingly hold on to a lead. Yes, they held on to a lead in the Capitals game, but that was more of a cushion. This was just a one-goal lead for the Penguins. That's basically the entire third period because McGinn opened the scoring in the third right like right away. So they had to hold on to this lead for the entire period, and to their credit, they managed to do that. Um, also to their credit, they managed to keep the top line fairly silent for the uh, for the um, for the Maple Leafs. Nylander did get a goal, and Marner did get that assist. But other than that, they weren't up to too much this game, and so ultimately that led to the Penguins winning. Uh, the shots on goal were 23-30 to 30 in favor of the Leafs. Face-off percentage in equal 50-50. Penguins 0-1 for 1 on the power play. Leafs 1-3. for 3. Penguins with 6 penalty minutes. Leafs with 2. Hits 41-14 to 14 in favor of the Penguins. This was They were hitting a lot this game. Uh, giveaway takeaway totals were on the wrong side for both teams. 13-8 for the Pens. 15-8 for the Leafs. Um, but, hey, a win's a win. You'll take it. This one, I would say, a little bit more convincing especially that third period it was really nice to see them hold on to that lead and not blow it because that's been happening a lot this year so it was really nice to see them hold on to that and that was probably very uplifting for the team too you know when you just went on a seven game losing streak and like five or six of those losses were blown leads or you just let it go late and you finally get one and it's nice and you i guess you could say you could finally got two back to back and it's nice to hold on to that lead and um and keep it for the rest of the game. Um, but there would be no time to rest. One day later, um, we would go and face the Canadians away. So yes, this was uh, three games in four days, um, and it, yet again, and um, they were all away games, yet again. Um, it would be jarring the net against Jake Allen. Um, out for the Penguins is P.O. Joseph and uh, Bluger. For the Canadians, it's Mike Matheson who's out, Paul Byrons who's out, and M.L. Heineman who is also out. Um, but as you, if you remember, um, the Canadians beat the Penguins in overtime, I think in game three of this season, that was also an away game. And so the Penguins are kind of looking for revenge here. Um, this would be a back and forth game though. In the first period, the Habs would open it up like right away. Um, Anderson at 148 unassisted. Again, this is basically a turnover and the Canadians capitalize. Uh, in the second period, Penguins would score two in a row though, uh, Petri would get one on the power play a minute and 46 uh, seconds in, and then Raquel would get one three minutes and 29 seconds in to make it 2-1 pens, and that would hold throughout the rest of the second period. 
However, Canadians would open things right back up in the third. 49 seconds in, uh, Caulfield would get one. But then Malkin would respond with a sweet backhander 3 minutes and 19 seconds in. But 40 seconds later, Suzuki would get one unassisted. Another turnover, another bad play. But again, the Penguins would take the lead. Brock McGinn scores one at 14 minutes and 2 seconds in. But Monaghan scores one again 40 seconds later on a power play. And that would hold all the way till overtime. So Penguins entered this period up 2-1. to one. And the Habs would score three, the Penguins would score two, and it was all back and forth. So Habs scored, Penn scored, Habs scored, Penn scored, and then the Habs scored again. And that's what it would go into the overtime like. Um, the penalty at the end there to give away the power play goal, obviously really deflating. Um, but you just can't you can't give away penalties late in the game. It's going to happen. They're going to get shots on net in the power play, and they'll go in. So that's, that's how this game ended. Um, and the Habs would get one in overtime just, a min- just over a minute in. Um, Ha- are, yeah, Hoffman made Malkin look like he was uh, skating with bricks on his on his cleats because goddamn he was he looked fucking slow trying to chase Hoffman down on that right wing. Um, this was a game on NHL Network, so I didn't actually watch it. I watch uh, every game that I can. If it's on NHL Network, I won't be able to watch it. Um, if it lines up where I'm, with I'm, when I'm at work, I won't be able to watch it. So there's things like that, but. So far, I've watched. I've been able to watch every game this year except for the ones on NHL Network. This is one I did not watch, um, but very deflating. And a lot of the problems that I can see here would pop up in later games that I did actually watch. So I can go over those in just a second here. But let's get to the stats here real quick. Shots on goal: twenty-four to forty-two in favor of the Canadians. Uh, definitely just outworked by them in this game. Fifty-four forty-six faceoff percentage in favor of the Penguins. Penguins one for three on the power play. Canadians one for five. Penguins with 12 penalty minutes, Canadians with 8. Penguins with 20 hits, Canadians with 15. And this is really, this is this tells you really how sloppy this game was. Penguins had 15 giveaways to no takeaways. Canadians had 18 giveaways to two takeaways. Just a sloppy game back and forth all the way around. I would say sli- I would say still though in favor of the Canadians, they just generally had more of the puck and they had more power plays and they just they just were generally better. They just outworked the Penguins in this one. That's really all there is to it. Um, and whatever formula they're using, it's working against the Penguins. They've beat them twice now. Um, and to be fair, Canadians haven't had a bad start to the year. So you got to give them credit. <coughs> so after that uh, stretch where the Penguins played 3-4, and four, they come back home and play the Leafs on November 15th. Uh, this would be game 16 of the season. It's DeSmith and Net versus Matt Murray. So Matt Murray's back for the Leafs. However, still the likes of TJ Brody are out, Kyle Clifford, Carl Dahlstrom, Jake Mizzen's still out, Sam Sonoff's still out, and Joseph Wall, they're all still out. Um, out for this one for the Penguins, P.O. Joseph yet again, <clears throat> and Kasperi Captain would actually be a scratch for this one. Um, so I don't really know what the cause of that is, but Joseph uh, sat out a few games here, <clears throat> but he came back in the latest one. But again, we'll talk about that when we get there. So this is a rematch of a game just a couple games prior. First period, it would be all Leafs, basically. Leafs opened the scoring 12 minutes in, courtesy of Tavares, and then they doubled that 15 minutes in, courtesy of Marner. Um, just just a really eh period in general, and the Leafs kind of just took their chances where the Penguins didn't. Um, in the second period, the Leafs would score 11 seconds in, courtesy of Bunting. Uh, that's a bit embarrassing. You just caught flat-footed. Penguins get two back, though. Raquel scores 54 seconds in. Crosby on the backhander, two minutes and 38 seconds in. It was a turnover from the Leafs that led to that sweet backhander. 
It looks really good. Just right in front of the goalie. Defender all over him. Shoots it. Just gets it right under the pad side uh, of the goalie. Or stick side of the goalie. And it looked really sweet. But uh, the Penguins would try to rally. Try to get that third goal. But ultimately Bunting would score for a second time in the game. And in the period. Just at the end. 19 minutes and 10 seconds in. To, to get the leads, Leafs lead back to two. So same way as the first period ended. And that is that was really deflating. You um you play a really good middle 18 minutes of this game. From minute one to minute 19, the Penguins played great. Um, but unfortunately, minute minutes zero through one and 19 through 20, through 20, they let in two goals. And that is that was kind of something that happened in the Canadians game as well. Seems to be a reoccurring theme in the uh, for the Penguins, and it's just obviously not something you want to see. And that really let them out of this game. I I feel without you, I mean, you're just getting caught out of your zone there. Like you're just not focused. You're letting them score 11 seconds in. You're just not focused. Like you, that's the time. You, it's a faceoff, man. They win the faceoff, pass it forward, and score. That's all that can happen in 11 seconds. 11 seconds ain't that long. So. I don't know. It's, it's just focus. It's loss of focus. In the, um, and obviously they snapped right awake because they scored two back-to-back after that. But then again, just at the very end of the period, another lot lapse in focus. Just You only have 50 seconds until the period. You have a minute until the period's done, and you're letting them get, get, get that two-goal lead back, that two-goal cushion. And ultimately the Penguins would not be able to make a dent into that lead. Um, and just as the Penguins did to the Leafs, the Leafs would shut out the Penguins in the third period, and even get an empty netter just at the end. Um, but shots on goal, 37-33 in favor of the Penguins. Face-off percentage, 54.9 in 45.1 in favor of the Penguins. Penguins over on the power play. Leafs over on the power play. Penguins with four penalty minutes. Leafs with eight. Penguins with 50 hits and Leafs with 25. So this is back-to-back games where the Penguins really... Or actually, I believe it's three games in a row where the Penguins really out-hit their opponents... Uh, maybe that's just something Sullivan wanted them to do. Maybe it's something they just started doing. Who knows? Uh, but really out hitting them. Uh, giveaway to takeaway ratio: ten to seven for the Penguins, seven to six for the Leafs. They're so just kind of an average game here. Uh, a couple of bad turnovers for both sides, though, um, led to a, a couple of uh, really, really weird, um, or re- really, really open opportunities. And Crosby would even score on one of those with that backhander. Um, but yeah, honestly, I do think this game could have gone either way, and especially with that just versatile I guess second period and volatile second period I should say um that really opened the scoring it really just without those two goals from the Leafs this is a much closer game and it's really all all to play for in the third but without that this was at least Leafs kind of had control going into both the, the second period and the third period because they had two goal leads into both and they just kind of took it from there so again we see the Penguins start out flat-footed in the first and then it kind of catches up with them throughout the rest of the game they're unable to get their way back into it and so that was it. After um, 16 games, we went over uh, two wins against the Caps and the Leafs, and then an overtime loss against the Canadians and a regulation loss against the Leafs. Um, so that was four games to go over. Um, I had originally written this script for those four games, but I couldn't actually record in time. Uh, so the fifth game has gone by. So I'm going to go over, because I wrote down all the points totals for the fourth game and the goalie leaders for the fourth game. I'm going to skip over that. We'll get to that after four games. But I do want to go over some standouts um, at this time. Uh, McGinn, 
he got a goal in three straight games. He had a goal against the Caps, a goal against the Leafs, and a goal against the Canadians. Um, he had a time, time on ice average of about 14 minutes in those four games. Um, it dropped in the last game, or in those three games, excuse me. It dropped in the last game because Bluger returned, and so he got more minutes over him again, which is what's going to happen. Bluger's a good player. Um, another guy who's hot, though, during this stretch, uh, Jason Zucker. He had six points in those four games, two goals and four assists, with a plus-minus of six. Really, really impressive. Um, absolutely love to see that uh, from McGinn and from Zucker, two guys that, man, you just like to see him on fire. Um, I would like to say a guy who had gone cold at this point, Dan Heinen. Uh, I know how much I praised him when the season started, and he had like six points in the first five games, and he was kind of cruising. Uh, since then, he's only had a couple points, and or he only had one point, I think, in his four-game stretch. I think he scored um, a point or two in this next game that I'm going to go over. So that kind of brought it up a little bit more. But yeah, he'd gone cold at this point. Um, so he he's kind of a guy that needs to get it back together. Um, another guy who had gone cold at this point was Brian Russ. He needed to get it back together. And really kind of the whole first line in general. So I'm going to go over some first line plus minuses versus the second line plus minuses. So this is before this uh, fifth game that I will go over. This is before this next game. So before the game I'm going to talk about first line, Crosby had a plus minus of negative five. Gensel had a plus-minus of negative 5, and Rust had a plus-minus of negative 9. The second line, Malkin had a plus-minus of 3, Zucker had a plus-minus of 7, and Raquel has a plus-minus of 9. So second line clearly outperforming the first line, just clearly, and this wholeheartedly backed up my point that Raquel absolutely needs to be in the starting lineup, or in the first line over Rust. Um, and at this point in the season, you could even argue that Zucker needs to be in the first line over Gensel. Um, maybe just change it up. Um, Gensel and Zucker have really similar point totals, as do Raquel and Rust. But it just goes to show that sometimes there's more to hockey than just points. And when you're on the ice and your team scores, and even if you're not involved in the play in, or in the in the assists or the goal necessarily, you're still involved in the build up of the play. You still create chances, and that's really important. Uh, in the game of hockey, obviously, the more chances you create, the more opportunities you have to score. Um, so, there's a couple... I'll go over a couple upcoming games. So, the upcoming games after those four games was... We had three games in four days again, which is the Wild, the Jets, and the Blackhawk. All away games. The Wild game has already been played. So, that was played yesterday. So, I'll go over that just super quick. So, the game played yesterday. Jari versus Gustafsson. Um, out. Penguins had all their players. Uh, out for the Wild was Marc-Andre Fleury, Greenway, and Hartman. Um, this was a game where two teams with very similar records. Um, Penguins coming off a disappointing home loss, obviously, to the Leafs, and really wanting to get back on track here against the Wild. Really can't afford another long losing streak, and they would get back on track. It would be a 6-4 win in favor of the Penguins. Um, Crosby gets one eight, 8 minutes in. Paling gets one 17 minutes in. Always good to see that fourth line scoring. Love to see that. They bring... Um, so much energy to the ice, and the broadcasters, um, Bob actually did a very, very good job of like making that known in this broadcast. He brought it up two or three times. Hey, hey, this third line, man, they come in and they play with heart. They play fast. And even Archibald had a couple uh, chances to open the scoring. He actually had a one-on-one breakaway at one point. Um, he made the he he got the move correctly, um, but then he tried to go five hole and he just kind of missed him or missed the hole there. Um, so it just kind of bounced, just bounced off the pad, just kind of missed the hole there. I think he actually should have just gone, um, 
Instead of going five hole, I think he should have gone up and over the, the left leg of Gustafsson, but I'm not a hockey player. Um, so there you go. First period going going great for the Penguins. At this point, they had scored like they had scored two goals in like five shots. Like the shots at this point were like five to six. Um, not a lot of shooting in this one, but as with every Penguins game that's basically happened to this point, I knew it was going to open up in the second period, and it did. Um, Penguins started off on the right foot actually, but unfortunately for them, it would be the Wild that got it going in the second. Duhame would score at four minutes and thirty one seconds. And then again, the Penguins would be caught off guard on a faceoff because Erickson Eck would score 12 seconds later. This is something that absolutely has to be fixed. It cannot happen later in the season, in the playoffs. It just cannot happen. Getting caught off guard so many times so far early in the season, and the Wild take advantage of it, tying the game up. Um, fortunately for the Penguins, though, this game would stay pretty even throughout the second. Both sides would get their chances, but with the power play, um, the Penguins would take the lead courtesy of Latang on assists from Crosby and Malkin. Um, I was interested to see how many times Latang has scored with Crosby and Malkin getting an assist. Um, I believe this is the seventh time it's ever happened. Um, they had, they had It happened one time late last season, and then now it's happened again this season. So I believe it's the seventh time where Latang has scored where Crosby and Malkin got the assist. Just the seventh time um, in the history of while well, those three have been together. So that's pretty cool. Um, but a big, again, big, big for the Penguins to take the lead going into the third. And the downfall, really, of the Wild here would be penalties. They just gave away way too many. Um, I'll go over penalty minutes later, but just so many penalties in the second and the third that were unnecessary. Some of them uh, were unfairly called, I do want to say. Um, but that being said, that happens in every game. It happens to all teams, so it all balances out, you'd like to think. Um, in the third period, Penguins would... Uh, cushion their lead. Crosby on the power play would make it four to two. Um, that was a five on three power play, I believe, because uh, yeah, that was a five on three, and then they wouldn't score on the five on four. Um, so make it four two. But after the Penguins would get another power play, about halfway through the period, Erickson Eck would score a shorthanded goal. Absolutely not what you want to do. It was like ten seconds into the power play too. So again, there had just been a face off, and the Penguins let in another goal just off the face off. Um, and it's a shorty, and it's really embarrassing whenever you let up a shorthanded goal. They will happen throughout the season. It always does, but again, it's super embarrassing, and you just don't want to give up those those goals when you're down a man. I mean, that's your time to strike, and you've been counterattacked at that point. It's really embarrassing, So, and that brings the Wild right back into this one. You had a 4-2 lead, and you were on the power play. You were looking to make it three, and all of a sudden, you, it's only a one-goal lead. Um, Penguins wouldn't even capitalize on the power play either. So it's 4-3 to three after the power play, even strength. Wild would really have a chance to get back in it. But Brock McGinn would have other plans. He scores at 14 and a half minutes in, courtesy of Heinen and Carter, to give the Penguins an, another two-goal lead. Gensel would capitalize on an empty netter later on to make it 6-3 pens. Uh, the reason why it's 6-4 uh, to four is because uh, Dumbo would get one with eight seconds to go, I believe, um, in the game. And that would make it 6-4 to four instead of 6-3. to three. So... Really, Brock McGinn, savior again for the Penguins. He's now, I believe that's four goals um, in the last five games for Brock McGinn, only not scoring in the Leafs game. Yeah, this man's on fire. If you don't believe it, well, I don't know what's wrong with you because he clearly is. Zucker didn't get on the scoreboard in this one. So first time he hasn't scored a point in a while, um, but he was hot going into this one. So let's go over some stats. Shots on goal, Penguins 32, Wild 23. 
Faceoff percentage, Penguins 57.6, Wild 42.4. Wild 0 for 3 on the power play, Penguins 2 for 5 on the power play, and this is the first time they've scored multiple power play goals in a long time. Just hasn't happened very much at all this year. Power play goals have been a rarity, even just getting one in a game has been hard enough for the Penguins. So the fact that they got two, really crucial to their win here. Of course, you could say, well, the shorthanded goal they gave up kind of subtracts one from that, and I could honestly see your logic there, yeah. That's, it couldn't even subtract two because of how embarrassing that is. Um, hits, 25-29 in favor of the Wild this time. Um, giveaways, five giveaways for the Penguins and four takeaways for the Penguins. For the Wild, six giveaways, six takeaways. Um, so this was a very possession-based game. Not a lot of shots, but when the shots they did take, um, both teams capitalized on them. Not a good game for Gustafsson and goal. 23 shots on... Or he saved 19... Saved 19 saves on 23 shots, so that's a really bad ratio. And the one from McGinn, I love McGinn, uh, but it probably probably needs to be saved 99 out of 100 times. 100 out of 100 times, I'm going to be honest. That should be saved. It was from a distance away. Gustafsson had a long time to react to it. He just kind of missed the glove side grab. Um, but Penguins will take that. They'll take this win. Nice bounce back win. And this win actually leaps them up finally. The Penguins are not 7th in the Metro anymore. Um, Hockey Reference says they're sixth. My NHL app says they're fifth. But basically, they're tied. They're, they have the same record as the Flyers. They're seven and seven and three. The Flyers are also seven, seven and three. So, make it that what you will. Put them, put the teams how you wanna. I don't really care. But after the after the Leafs game, so rewinding a little bit, I had broken a couple of expectations for the next few games. Um, cause you know, I, we had this three games in four days and we have another three games in four days actually after this one with the flames, flyers and the Leafs, uh, flames and Leafs are home games. Flyers is an away game, but you don't have to travel super far for that one because it's still in Pittsburgh or still in Philadelphia. Sorry. Um, but I did have some expectations going to these, uh, three games in four days and I'll talk about them. So, um, at this point I would have been happy with two wins from these six games, <laughs> Penguins' expectations for this year, for me at least, have super, super lowered. Um, but I did say, if this group, again, remember I talked about being taken seriously by other teams and how important that is, and not just by teams, but by staffs and other players and fans and media and whatever, yada, yada, but more essentially being taken seriously by players and managers. Um, do you need to take, being taken seriously is really important, and it, and there, it means in their eyes, you're a playoff contender, you're a cup contender. Um, and that's a really important thing. And so I said, if they want to be taken seriously, they need to win five or six out of these six games. I think you could even say you got to win all six of them. Um, the Penguins, you know, the Penguins we used to know, they could win all six of these games. They could just go out there and do it. Um, but I'm more realistic. I would have been yesterday or before the Wild win, I would have been happy with two wins from six. Now I think I'll be happy with uh, three wins from six. Um, again, three wins, three losses. Not too terrible, not too bad. We need to get our feet under us. We need to get our stuff going. And honestly, I'm gonna be, I think losing would provoke the coaching staff to actually change the lines. Because when they win, they're going to just be like, oh, what we're doing is we're doing it right, obviously. But when you lose, they're going to be like, well, we need to change some things. I think you need to, they need to change things right now. There's some things they need to change. Um, because 
going going into this weekend, I was like, there needs to be line changes. I'm tired of seeing the same old lines going into every game and getting the same exact result. Going from both sides of the puck. I'm sad. I'm tired of seeing that defense blow games. I'm tired of seeing that offense score two goals and stall out. I'm just tired of it. Um, but it just it seems like the coaching staff is oblivious. Um, it doesn't matter if you're playing well or poorly. They're just oblivious to you. Sullivan will say something like, oh, they just need to play with more passion and we'll get a win or more effort. I don't know. It's, it's, I'm over it at this point. Um, it November has not been the bounce back month that the Penguins have needed so far. And it's consisted of many disappointing losses. Um, many have blown leads, yada, yada. Through six games in November, they're 2-3-2. Two, and two. Again, that's not really where you want to be. Um, two wins, five losses, essentially. Yeah, not good. Um, there are seven games remaining, and if nothing really changes by the end of the month, I would expect a couple of trades, uh, probably before the All-Star break at this point. Um, of course, I'd rather see... I, before a trade, let me get this straight. Before I see this team t- make trades, I would love to see them change the lines. I would love that. If they change the lines and still nothing's working, then go out and make some trades. Like, actually try to be creative and do something first before you just send all your players away because you don't think they're... because you think they suck because they're not doing your system right or whatever. Um, but I, I... I don't know. There's a bigger chance that Yarmir Yager returns to the NHL for the fifth time than these dudes changing the lines. That's just it. Um, but I will say for that wild game, they put Raquel back in the first line. I was extremely happy with that. I was very happy with that, but, of course, they they didn't do anything else. They just switched Raquel and Malk, and that's all the line changes they did. They did not move the defense around at all, which is, I which is I think, is what needs the most moving around. Um, put Petri in the first line. Put fucking Jan Ruda in the, fir- in the second. Move Latang down to the third. <laughs> honestly. Honestly. I, it's It's harsh. It's harsh, but come on, dude. This dude now has a negative 11 plus minus. He has a defensive point share now of negative 0.3. The only defenseman to have a negative defensive point share. You want to know who has the highest defensive point share? Jan Ruda. At one. At one. He's a full point already. Marcus Pedersen's at 0.8. P.O. Joseph's at 0.7. He hasn't even played 17 games like Latang has. He's only played 13, and he has 0.7. I just don't, I don't understand. Petri is 0.5. Dumoulin, Dumoulin, excuse me, has 0.5. Even Chad Ruedel has 0.1. And Latang's down all the way at the bottom with negative 0.3. I just, I, I just, I, point share's not everything. I understand that. I look into some more hockey analytics and I see some other things, whatever. But I do think it's at least a good basis for at least seeing how well somebody is doing. It's a good way to start, and I believe if your defensive point share is negative, you're not start. You should not be on the first line. That's just something that shouldn't happen. And I understand that he's playing 23 minutes, but you have the best. The your 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 first line is the best of the best, and it is going up against the other team's best of the best. I understand that. I do, but I think if on defense. You're but you are never better than any other team on defense. Like you're never your defensive point share is never getting higher. You that means you're never better than the other team's offense at any point. What's like it's always been going down this year. What's going on there? 
you just at that point you just kind of have to drop him a little bit but they won't do that he's Chris Letang he's been here for 16 seasons so he's just gonna have to get better I'm just gonna have to get over it that's how the world works it doesn't revolve around me um but my god if we could get those other defensemen some more minutes I'd be loving life right now <laughs> I'd be loving it um I will say Chris Letang at least is helping on the offensive side now he's got uh one goal and eight assists with a with a goal in that uh in that uh latest game against the wild on the power play so at least that's fun to see, but you're a defenseman. Please play better defense. We signed you to a six-year, $6 million year. Please fucking play better defense. Holy shit. Um, anyway, let's get to some points leaders. So Crosby leads the way with 21 points in 17 games. Not bad. Um, I'm liking the games uh, that he's playing at least. Or the, the games he's playing. He's played every game. I'm liking the uh, the way he's playing and how he's playing and he's playing hard. He's playing feisty too. He's a feisty Crosby this year. He's playing fast. I'm liking what I'm seeing. Um, he's got he's got a plus minus of negative five though. Um, that whole first line really just kind of has bad plus minus. Um, they all went down actually. Crosby had minus five. Gensel minus five. But Raquel, he went from nine to ten. He he got a plus he got a plus of one in the previous game against the Wild. So he still went up, even though his line mates didn't. I don't know how he manages to do it. Um, but, yeah. So Crosby still leading the way, 21 points. He actually had four points in that Wild game. Uh, so that's cool to see two goals, two assists there. Evgeny Malkin next with 18 points. He's got seven goals, 11 assists. Uh, his plus-minus went down. He has a plus-minus of one now. Um, I like how he's playing, too. He's a little bit slow this year. It's uh, It's been a little bit... It's been a little bit iffy sometimes because of how slow he's been. It was really obvious in that Canadian's overtime loss where he just got he just got gassed by fucking Hoffman. Absolutely fucking torched him. Um, but yeah, so he's been looking a little slow. Other than that, though, I've liked how he's played. He's played he's played hard, I guess. Um, just that it the the not speed factor is kind of bugging me a little bit. But he works hard to get the puck clearly that like that's very evident when he does not have the puck and like it doesn't really matter if he's on the offensive side or the defensive side this year he's i think he's actually been better without the puck than with it um he just he works so hard to get the puck back his stick checking is one of the best i think bob on the commentator mentioned on the commentator box mentioned that he has one of the highest takeaway totals out in the entire league this year so I, I like his work off the puck this year. That's that's all I'll say. Just not not how slow he's been. Um, third in points is Gensel. Again, he's only played 13 games, but he's got 16 points, 9 goals, 7 assists. He's got like 4 empty netters this year or something stupid like that. Um, he and Crosby actually have a shot percentage of... Well, he's got a shot percentage of 20%. Crosby has a shot percentage of 19.6%. Uh, so I'd love to see that. Highest shot percentages there. Malkins is down a little bit at 13.2. Um, but again... Uh, that that'll it'll probably be be around 15 by the time the season's over. Uh, he'll go on a little stretch here and there. Uh, fourth in points is Jason Zucker. After 15 games, he's got four goals and 10 assists. Ricard Raquel, after uh, 17 games, has seven goals and four assists. Honestly, that's a great pace for Raquel. Um, but that'll put him at about 55, 55 points this year. I would love to see 55 points from Ricard Raquel this year. I would love to see that. So yeah, 50. I, I would definitely take that. So he's doing great so far. As I mentioned, his plus minus out of this world. He's he's got a high DPS too. Even he has a defensive point share of zero point six, offensive point share zero point nine. He's on the ice. 
I think a little bit um, too infrequently for my liking. He's only getting 17 minutes and 20 seconds of ice time right about now. That's his average. I would like to see it go up to around 18 minutes. Um, you know, kind of in the Malkin territory there. Um, but, you know, whatever. Again, world doesn't revolve around me. I'm not the coach. Um, but we'll go down the list a little bit further. Carter and Latang tied at 9 points. Uh, Pedersen, McGinn, Heinen, and Rust all at 8 points. So, yeah, Brian Rust only at 8 points after 17 games. That'll put him around 40 at season's end. Um, again, I'd like to see or get around 50, 55. You know, if you would have asked me, okay, somebody between Raquel and Rust, one of them is going to get 50 points down the year, one of them is going to get 40. Who's who? I would have told you, well, Rust will probably get the 50, Raquel will probably get the 40. Right now we're getting the opposite of that. Um, so, again, if we can just kind of see Rust pick up his play, we can have two 50-point scores. We can have one in, the top, in line one and one in line two to help out Gensel, Crosby, uh, Malkin, and even Zucker right now. He's on pace to have, like, fucking 80 points by the time this damn season's over. He's on a point-per-game basis right now, um, but he won't do that. He'll probably... He'll, he'll level himself out. He won't... He won't I, I can't... I, I couldn't bring myself to predict him getting 80 points. You know what? I'll, I'll stamp it right now. Jason Zucker is going to score 60 points this year, between 60 and 65 points. When you're on the line with Malkin, you got to score points, right? you got to get those assists, so... I'll give him 60, between 60 and 65. That's my prediction. Um, a day from now, I won't even remember I made that prediction, but whatever. Um, so yeah, those are the leading leading point scorers. Uh, as I mentioned, Chris Tang leading the time on ice right now at 23 and a half minutes. Well, more like 23 and three quarters minutes. Uh, Jeff Petrie, but right behind him at 21 and a half minutes. I really shouldn't say right behind him. He's two minutes behind him. Um, <laughs> Brian Dumoulin at 20 and a half. Uh, Sidney Crosby's up there getting 20 just over 20 minutes, but Pedersen's getting 19 and a half minutes, and then the third-line defenseman, Jan Ruta, getting about 16 minutes, and Pio Joseph getting about 14 minutes. Again, these guys getting decreased minutes. Haven't Pio Joseph hadn't even played any game, and they still have high DPS. So, man, I don't, I don't know what's what's going on. I just think the defense could use a little switching up. Just, just try it. Just try it for a game. Um, just see what happens. Um, I would love to see that from this team i know it's not going to happen but let's pretend it would what would i do because i'm sitting over here talking all the smack what would i do well give me uh jeff petrie on the first line right defenseman excuse me give me doomlin with him or sorry give me Pedersen with him uh on the left so Pedersen left d petrie right petrie right d i think it's petrie so Pedersen and petrie left d right d uh for second line give me uh, lefty Brian Dumlin, righty Jan Ruda, and then third line, give me P.O. Joseph left side, Chris Letang right side. Um, that's what I would do. Maybe switch, you know, and then in between games, I would like switch it up, but just in between games. Um, so maybe one, next game I'd flip Dumlin from, and Joseph from their spots, you know, give Joseph some second line time, Dumlin some third line, and then you can even flip Joseph and, uh, Dumlin. Just put him in the first line up there and, Ruda can swap with Latang a couple times. Just find something that works, essentially. Um, that's all I'm really saying. That's all I'm really saying here. That's all I'm asking for. Um, but, well, again, I touched on Brock McGinn earlier. Let's touch on him again. So, Brock McGinn has now five goals, three assists for eight points. 
Uh, those five goals have come in, or four of those five. Well, have all five come in the last four games? I don't know. I think all five, four out of four out of those five, I think, have come in the last uh, four games. Um, might even have an assist in there as well. He's getting hot right now. You got, yeah, you just love to see that. Um, you do, you really do get those fourth line guys again. I think he's actually playing the third line right now, um, and it's working. It's working. Um, he's got just as many as uh, many points as my guy uh, Danton Heinen here at eight, and he's getting he's in the same line now as Danton Heinen. Um, so that's cool to see. Um, I would like to see them both start popping up. I'd like to see that McGinn energy kind of rub off on Danton Heinen uh, and Jeff Carter, and maybe they can score a couple times in the next few games. Who knows? Um, but that's it. Let's that's it for the. Uh, for the skaters, let's get to the goalies here. Uh, so DeSmith has been starting the last few games, so their games played total has kind of evened out. Jari has played uh, 10 games, DeSmith has played 7. Uh, Jari has a record of 5-3-2, DeSmith has a record of 2-4-1. Jari has a save percentage, though, of .895, not great, not anywhere near last year. Goals allowed average at 3.6, it looks like he's trending downwards. Um, he's only 27. I don't really know what happens. It's just, I guess last year was a, a diamond in the rough and now it's gone. So who knows? Maybe he can form his, uh, turn his former around. DeSmith doing a lot better though. 0.910 save percentage with a 2.86 goals allowed average. Um, yeah, he's just playing better. And yes, Jari got the win yesterday against the wild, but he only saved they, well, they, what they scored four and they had how many shots? They had? they had 23 shots. So he saved 19 out of 23. So not a good day. Same as uh, or same as Gustafsson. Oh no, sorry, sorry. Earlier in the episode, I said Gustafsson only saved 19 out of 23. I was looking at the wrong shots on goal total. Gustafsson saved tw- uh, 26, 27, 27 out of 32 because they were an empty netter. So that's a little bit better. Jari was the one that saved 19 out of 23. So not a good night for him. Um, also not really that great of a night for Gustafsson, but a little bit better. Um, so yeah, those, that's the goalies so far, and I think that is going to do it uh, for the bulk of today's episode. I guess, just just really quick, um, we can go ahead and find ourselves, if I can find it here, uh, the, met- the standings in the Metropolitan Division, because, you know, everybody, everybody needs to know uh, the standings. We gotta get, We gotta know where we're at going into the next few games here. So in the Metro, right now... The New Jersey Devils are 14 and three, leading the Metro. Um, they're going in uh, insano mode. Honestly, um, it's incredible. Um, the Carolinas at second, 10 five and two. New York Islanders at third. Yeah, the Islanders are ahead of the Rangers right now. They are 11 and seven. The Rangers are eight six and four. So that's your top four right now. Um, so the Devils, the Hurricanes, and the Islanders all in playoff spots right now. The Rangers are in a wild card spot. And then right behind them at 5th, I guess tied for 5th and 6th, you could say, the Flyers and the Penguins at 7-7-3. Seven, seven, uh, behind them, the Washington Ta- Capitals at 7-9-3, so they've played a couple more games even and are still looking a little bit worse. That team, it's looking really rough. It's looking really rough, rough for Washington. And, you know, you could say the same for Pittsburgh. Their spots right now in the playoffs are being taken by the Devils and the Islanders, who weren't there last year. They currently have those two spots. So... These teams really need to pull it, pull it together sooner rather than later because those are good teams, and they're going to stay good, and you need to start performing now and try to catch up to them. And for Washington, it might be getting too late already. 
I know we're only a fifth of the way into the year. We might be already getting there. Um, but anyways, at the bottom of the Metro, the Columbus Blue Jackets at 6, 9, and 1. So there you have it. That is the Metro as it stands. And that is going to be it for today's episode of Penguin Prattle. Uh, I hope you guys enjoyed. That was fun for me to do. I hope we get get going for the rest of the year. And I hope we can turn it around. Um, we've got that. We have the game tomorrow uh, against the Blackhawks. Or no, sorry, against the Jets, I believe. And then on Sunday against the Blackhawks. It's, it's those two teams. I'm not really sure the order. And then a couple days rest. And then another three games in four days in November. And then one more game to end out the, the month, I believe. Uh, that's on the, like the 29th or something. I'm not really sure. But we've got about seven games or six games left. Um, it was good to get that win yesterday against the Wild. Let's hope the Penguins can keep it going. And like I said, if they want to be taken seriously, go ahead and win five out of six of them. Or six out of six. That'd be even better. Um, but obviously, not really, not really in the realm of expectations anymore, really, is it? They'll blow at least two of these games. You know that. Um, but that's going to do it for today's episode of the C-String Podcast. Uh, I hope you guys enjoyed, and I will see you guys next time. Bye-bye.